Hey, welcome to the Mostly Skateboarding Podcast. I'm your host, Templeton Elliott, and I'm joined this Thanksgiving week by Mike Munzenreiter and Jason from Frozen and Carbonite. We're coming to you early this week to talk with Greg Hunt about his new video for Vans, All Right, Okay. Greg went from being pro for stereo in the 90s to being one of the best video makers of the next century. Greg worked at Transworld, then made the DC video, Minefield, and Propeller. Now, All Right, Okay is his latest project for Vans, focused mainly on Gilbert Crockett and Elijah Burrell. Greg, uh, what are the nerves like for an online premiere compared to an in-person premiere? They are different, and I didn't watch the online premiere. (laughs) (laughs) I was debating it, and, um, you know, the thought of, I have two kids, six and three, and they've actually both seen the video like a hundred times, obviously not sitting through the whole thing, but um, they're not interested. So I knew that if I was going to watch the online premiere, I was probably going to be watching it by myself. Uh, which just seemed really depressing. And um, <laughs> Elijah actually last minute had a, he has a backyard. So he like rented a projector and a screen and had like a little private uh, get together with a couple friends and his mom and his brother. And he invited me over. And at first I wasn't going to go. And then I started thinking about it and I was like, man, I should be there. You know, I've never not had a premiere. And more importantly, I've never not been with the people who I've made a video with on that first showing. And um, it was already a bummer enough that Gilbert's not here and he's home with his girlfriend watching it, you know. So I was like, I should go and be with Elijah. So I avoided it. I had I had quite nerve. I had quite a lot of nerves before it because it's sort of like there's this the chat room thing, which I think is really cool. You know, I've been to a couple other online premieres, which I think it's actually really cool. It's different. But at the same time, there's this anonymous sort of chat thing which haps, happens, which can be good or bad. And um, uh, it's just not the same as being with other people, you know. So um, I just avoided it. Not that I don't back it. I think it's the best that we could do. Vans Vans can't do any events. I think they actually really tried and there's just, they just can't do it. It's like a company-wide thing. They can't do it right now. So... So they did the best they could. I think the Danny Garcia live set was rad. I'm stoked that we did that. But um, yeah, I didn't. I didn't participate. I think I was a little bit too nervous, so I bailed. Yeah. yeah. What was the uh, What was the genesis of the idea for having like Danny Garcia as the opening act, as it were? Because that was pretty original. Well, you know, uh, Vans does. They do quite a bit, especially during COVID. They've done a, quite a bit of these online premieres, and they always do that kind of a Q and A type of thing, which I didn't want to do. Um, it just, I feel like I've seen it a million times. And what is it going to be like, Gilbert and and Elijah and myself talking about the video or something? That just didn't seem like a a good thing to have prior to people seeing the video. So Danny, you know, an integral part of the video has been <clears throat> Danny scoring it and. Uh, you know, I'm really good friends with Danny, and I really am a huge fan of Danny all around. And um, I was thinking, like, of anything that we could do to kind of, like, open the video. And um, I was like, we should just have Danny play. It just seemed like an obvious thing, because he scored it. I think that's something that makes this video unique, you know. And originally, I thought it was going to be, like, a opening set to where when the video premieres at 5 p.m. Pacific, it's like, that's when the video starts, and Danny would do like a 15 minute like sort of opening set for it, you know. Mm-hmm. But I think the technicalities of it was it ended up being like Danny starting at five, and I was like, oh, okay, you know, all these people are going to be coming <laughs> to see the premiere, and it's going to be a lot of them aren't going to know who Danny is. But then that's just the way that 
that's just the way that it had to be. And um, mm-hmm. I didn't watch a lot of what people were saying, but my thought was like, a lot of people are probably going to be like, what is this? You know, like it's pretty unconventional. I think when people go to watch a skate video, that it's just a dude sitting there playing guitar. And I think most people don't know who he is, but my thought was maybe people will be like, yeah, it's Danny Garcia, you know, like go check out Mosaic, you know, and it might be end up being more of an interesting conversation. So that's sort of how it came to be. It was, you know, they really like to have something to kind of open it to make it really feel like a genuine live event, you know, just to set it apart. So it just doesn't feel like it. Uh, it's just a video starting at a certain time. So yeah, that's how we ended up with that. You know, you had Danny score the video. How does that work? Do, do you give an edit and he makes music no. to it or does the music like how does that work well i've used danny's music for a few different things over the years and i mean his music i i feel is so good just his instrumental stuff there's like a it's just there's like a warmth to it and i always love his music and stuff that i make so for this you know i was thinking of kind of just we had a pretty limited budget with this video so what can we do to kind of expand the the video as far as the soundtrack without having to license a bunch of songs. And I hit up Danny and, you know, Danny's one of those people who always has songs kind of lying around, you know? So he just right away sent me a drop. He was like, yeah, I'm down. Sounds cool. Sent me a Dropbox folder. And um, I think the song that's in the trailer might've been in there. And that song really stuck out to me, you know, just like struck a chord, especially with some of the influences I've had kind of where I was having when I was kind of putting the video together and some of the stuff I'd been shooting. So we kind of went from there. I mean, that's called Bolero music, he told me. And he's been really into kind of experimenting with it. So he had, you know, maybe like five or six songs that he had been working on that were rough. And a couple of those I sort of kind of picked and started working with and he refined them. And then there's the song that's kind of Gilbert's second song that he actually made for the video. And that wasn't as much me sending him an edit. It was kind of like, I sent him actually Gilbert's part without anything after it. And he knew what songs of his we were already using for the opening and the closing. So then it was like, and he skates. So it was like, what can we kind of like create to feel right under the skating, you know? So it gives the skating some life and it has like a nice sort of arc to it, right? And um he tried a couple different things and one thing really worked. And then I think I sent him that. And then he sent me like sort of a very filled out version with extra uh, layers of instruments and stuff. It's actually pretty, pretty amazing uh, process. It was really, really fun, really rewarding. Red. How, how long was this video in the works for? And like maybe, maybe a two part question, just the, the concept of Gilbert and uh, Elijah. Like, did you have a year? Did you have, how long did you have? Yeah, the Gilbert Elijah concept was a little bit over a year. The sort of genesis of the video was Elijah having a shoe coming out and Vans wanting to kind of build a video part around this shoe release. And I actually wasn't working at Vans at the time. I had taken a bit of a hiatus and I was still in touch with everyone and still sort of in the mix, but I wasn't doing anything. And that's kind of what brought me back into Vans was this Elijah project, just because I'm friends with Elijah and I love working with Vans and I was really missing working with those guys and I was really missing missing working with skating. So I came on to do this Elijah uh, solo project and he was, once we started, he just got into this really hardcore dry spell. And um, 
as the dry spell went on <laughs> and we were going on some trips and filming in LA, you know how dry spells work. It's sort of like the longer they go, the more intense they can become because the pressure kind of builds and the harder it can be, it can become to skate. You know, once you sort of have more pressure and less tricks and time goes on, the pressure gets bigger and skating kind of can become less and less fun, you know? So that was sort of the first six months. I mean, he was getting some stuff, but he was really having a really like one of those career, not career defining, but he was having one of those once in a career, I guess you would say dry spells. I mean, I've seen a lot of people have them, you know, like a lot of people I've worked with have had six months where they don't get anything and they're out there all the time trying, you know, and it's so brutal. It's just really hard for everyone, you know? So he, that was going on. He was getting some stuff, but then, you know, we were going on a lot of kind of smaller trips. You know, I really love hanging out with Gilbert. We're really good friends. And um, he was just stoked to kind of come on a trip. So we went on a couple little trips. And around that time, I kind of brought it up to Gilbert. Like, would you be down to jump, jump in on this and film a part for this? And that would take some pressure off Elijah, help balance everything a bit. And he was super down. And kind of right around that time, Elijah broke his dry spell. And that was, that's, that was like a little bit over... You know, it was probably last spring, I would say, maybe a little bit before, you know, like a little bit over a year ago, maybe a year and a half, year and three months. And that's like when everything really kicked in, you know, Gilbert was skating super good. Elijah started skating super good. And then it really started kind of picking up from there. Um, maybe maybe a little bit more out of left field, but I noticed like Elijah, it looked like in his more recent clips, he looked like super cut for a pro skater, like was he on a training regiment at any point during during this process? Like, because he's doing incredible stuff that, you know, just like yeah. running at some of those tricks, I thought like, damn, you need to be in peak physical shape. Uh, no, well, maybe, you know, I think he sort of hit this dry spell, which is more mental always. Right. And when he got out of it, I think he was kind of like, fuck this, I'm going to take this really seriously. And yeah. he's always been, you know, to a degree taking good care of himself, but he really like stopped drinking as much, started going to a trainer, started surfing a lot. Okay. But I think a lot of him kind of looking fit is because he was skating all the time, you yeah. know, like earlier on, he was like not in the best shape I'd ever seen him, you know, cause he like wasn't skating as much. He was maybe just hanging out and drinking more than normal. And he just wasn't, he looked fine, but knowing Elijah well, I could kind of see like he's not in the best shape he's ever been, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then once he kind of broke that, he was really on a mission to like skate. And he was skating all the time. Even if he wasn't filming, he's going to the skate park and working stuff out and he was surfing. So I think a mix of all that, he was, I can see it too when I edit the video. There's some clips where I'm just like, damn, you can just tell he's like just out there, like really just, you know, he was just in really good shape. Yeah, some Adonis like running at things. Like, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. How much do other current videos weigh on you? You know, like, are you watching everything that Primitive puts out? And like, you know, is it like, oh, fuck, they like hit that spot that I have my eye on? Or like, is that like um, in you guys' minds all the time? I do. I do, for sure. Less than I probably used to, you know, because I think there's so much more. And I'm busier now and I have kids, so I just don't have the time to watch skate videos every day like I used to. 
And I don't think I even used to watch skate videos every day. It's been a long time since I probably watched skate videos every day. But um, there's also just so much more now, you know. So I I did I, I do watch a lot of videos, and um, but I do make a point when I'm kind of getting close to finishing a video, like in the last few months, where I really start kind of putting it together. I make a point of not watching videos, you know, because I just don't. I, I really like kind of getting on my own trip when I can and letting the videos kind of form and really always thinking about the video that I'm working on and kind of creatively having my mind be there. And I try not to watch other videos too much because I feel like it sometimes, not that it makes me second guess myself, but it sort of like takes me out of that headspace a little bit, if that mm -hmm. makes sense, mm -hmm. you know? So I try, I try in the final stages, I try not, I try not, I mean, I still watch videos, especially if it's a video that is made by a friend or it's a, by someone whose videos I'm a big fan of. I'll watch it for sure, but I don't watch them as much. You know, I try not to. Yeah. Back to the uh, the travel piece. Uh, I'm from Richmond, um, as is oh, Gilbert. Sick. Yeah. Yeah. No yeah. Love it. And um, did you spend any time here filming, or was that mostly like uh, Will Rosenstock? Uh, I did. I came out there. I want to say twice. Uh, one time, I, I I think for sure I came out there twice. But, you know, the last time I was out there was, I think, November of last year. Right. And that's when I shot all that 16, like that opens it, where he's like doing the flat ground yeah, line. Yeah, yeah, I shot a bunch more than that, but I shot a bunch of 16, and I think we shot a little skating. And I wanted to go back, but with COVID, basically once COVID hit, I didn't see Gilbert again, you know? So Will shot probably, I don't know, 80% of that part. Right. You know, Will, right. Will shot a lot of that part, because a lot of that part is more recent you know is, is within this year we went to a, we went to portugal that's the last time i skated with gilbert we, we went to portugal that's where he did like the switch switch nose really fakie flip and the heel right. flip nose really down the thing that's the last trip uh that i was on with gil and then everything from then on was will so i mean will really like really came through because like those guys were out there you know just chipping away for just through all that through COVID and stuff and Gilbert actually Elijah started skating you know when COVID hit um, what it was like for you guys but it was trippy you know like I didn't know the, this video was supposed to come out in early May you know mm -hmm. and we were on deadline and then COVID hit and we didn't really no one knew what to do it was just the whole world seemed like it was just in this weird freeze and then we had no kind of even plan because there's no travel and skating even at first was weird. You know, I think people were skating, but it was just a weird time. Gilbert wasn't because he works with his mom so much. So Gilbert wasn't even he was skating in front of his house, I think. But he was not going filming for, I think, until the summer. Mm -hmm. And uh, Elijah started skating a little bit before Gilbert did. But Gilbert was on a, a bit of a just because of COVID. He 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 didn't film for probably, I don't know, two, maybe three months. Damn. Dang. What's your uh, what's your take on Richmond? I love Richmond. Like I was actually yeah. I, I wanted to go back. Yeah. I mean, I love I love Richmond um, as a city. I mean, I haven't been there tons, to be honest. Like I've been there. I've been there a lot over the last probably 25 years, but I haven't like spent hardcore time in Richmond. Like I've never spent two weeks in Richmond. It's usually like a yeah. weekend or a few days. But um, I love it as a city. I mean, I love how footage looks there, and I love it as a city. And then I also just love the crew there. I love all Gil and all his friends, you know. So I all I always have a good time in Richmond. Oh yeah, those guys are the best. Yeah, uh, bus crew. Yeah, dude. 
Yeah, I always like the way Richmond looks, and I feel like you always kind of take skaters into places like that. I feel like there's a lot of kind of like gritty Midwest Rust Belt kind of locations. Is that uh, did you guys go to a bunch of places like that for this one? Yeah, yeah, we went to uh, one of the trips that was the most productive was Ohio. We skated Columbus and we went down to Cincinnati. And I mean, I've always had such good, um, productive trips in Ohio. And it's always my favorite footage from like minefield into propeller and then into this video. Like I always make a point of going to Ohio because I just like, I like the energy and not even just Ohio, but the Midwest, but I like the energy there. There's something about it there that the skating just feels Maybe it's because I'm from, the, you know, I'm from Michigan originally. Maybe that's why. I don't know. I just like, I like being there. But I feel like the footage, I love how the spots look. I love how, for some reason, the days are always really productive. It's, it's easy to do everything there. Like, it's easy to eat. You know, when you're on these trips all the time, like, I'm personally, like, really burnt on international travel, especially for skate filming. It's mm. just the flights and the time change and getting food and the hotels and everything. I mean, it's awesome. And I really love traveling. I really appreciate all the places that skating's taken me, but I'd way rather go to Ohio, you know, because it's like, or somewhere in the U S because it's just like, it's just everything's so much easier and mellower. And I love how the footage looks, you know, and I feel like there's just always a, a good vibe there, you know? So for this video, we had a, we went to Ohio and we also did a New York state trip. Uh, that was really fun. We went to Syracuse and a bunch of towns around New York state. And, um, we did, you know, kind of purpose on purpose. A lot of the trips were really small. I think Ohio was the biggest crew. I mean, there was like six of us or something, but we did some, some trips with just three or four people, including me, you know? So kind of talking about how that, the footage in certain places looks the way you like. And then going back to the film stock that you've shot, you know, for all right, okay. And then throughout, I think your video making career, like, I guess the question that leapt to my mind and I wanted to ask one way or another was like, what's a Greg Hunt skateboard video look like? Kind of, kind of a, yeah, a non sequitur, I guess, in the flow of things, but I had to get it in there. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I just, uh, I just do everything I can to try to get it done and make it good. I know that sounds really generic, but I think like, I don't know, probably a lot of it goes back to I started shooting photos first, okay. you know, like back in the mid 90s when I was still skating and going on like trips with the Lux. Uh, I was roommates with Gabe Morford and uh, we had a dark room. We had an apartment on Bush Street downtown. But we had a dark, randomly had a dark room in the basement. And I got really, really into photography. Like aside from skateboarding, like I think photography is the thing that I was ever, you know, I was so, in, I got so into it. And I think that then got me into shooting Super 8, which then got me into shooting 16, which got me sort of my job at Transworld. And I, I never planned it that way, but that's sort of what got me into making skate videos. And um, I think it's that sort of photography being at the root and also like the type, the type of photography that I really, the types of things that I really like to capture with photos and the types of photog the, the, the type of photography that really influenced me was like early Tobin Yelland. And once I got into photography, like Robert Frank and a lot of more like docu-style photography, yeah. you know, where people are just sort of like, 
really beautiful kind of frames, but that are very honest and genuine, you know, like that's sort of, I could go on and on about photography, but that's the type of photography that's always really inspired me. And I think like, that's what I've always kind of been trying to capture when I'm out. Like just, I really love to kind of capture everyone sort of as they are Mm -hmm. and maybe pull the curtain back a little bit. Like I think also being, it's that mixed. And I think one reason why people like Tobin's photos were so influential for me when I was young, before I even was aware of it is because, you know, he was getting pictures, candid pictures of people that you weren't always seeing, you know, it's like back in the late eighties, you would just see the occasional video in magazines, but it was almost all magazines. So like you'd see a portrait of like Mark Gonzalez driving in his car. You just, you want, you really absorbed that picture because it was like something so different. It was a little, little glimpse into his life, you know, as a person and showed a little bit about who he is off of his skateboard, you know? So I think that's sort of, if you're going to say like, what is, what are my videos or whatever? I mean, I think one consistent thing is I just really like to capture those kind of moments. You know, I really love kind of like, I love cinematography and I love photography and I like kind of like really getting really great images, but I really like those images to be like kind of honest, you know, I I don't like, Mm -hmm. I never like say, Hey, go stand against the wall. Let me shoot a portrait or let me shoot you. Like just go over here and set up your board or something. Like I, I, I try to always like, I guess it's a sneak around, you know, and like just capture some little funny moment that uh, says something about the person, you know, but is also maybe like a really interesting shot. So I, I don't know. That's, I guess that's, that's just what I do when I'm out there. And sometimes it's a still photo. Sometimes it's on 16 or on video, but I, I really like kind of capturing those moments. And that's sort of something that I've always just done because that's just what I do. And I think then those end up in the video and maybe that's, maybe that's the constant thread. I don't know. Yeah, thank you. I I think that comes through and all right, okay, for sure. And like, I mean, if if I'm going to offer my my thoughts on what you do, good grief, uh, like there's a kind of a clarity to the work that I that I enjoy just, you know, like it's it's clear. It's it's a it's shots of life. I don't know, everything's really clean. I appreciate it about that that about the van stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, on this one I tried to actually I didn't try to, but I really wanted to keep it I wanted this one to feel a little bit more um, raw, you know, or loose in a way. And it's hard to do that with the actual skating, but that's sort of, you know, I've always really been a big fan of 60s music documentaries, you know, um, like Straight No Chaser. It's like a Thelonious Monk film or like Don't Look Back. You guys have probably seen that. It's like Mm -hmm. iconic. iconic. So like. And there's a, a one that's been banned, one of my favorite ones. It's a banned Rolling Stones documentary called Cocksucker Blues that Robert Frank made that they saw and they banned it. Um, now you can see it online, but I, I saw it in the 90s in a the theater because he was there. He showed it as a private screening. But anyway, that's always been like, that's like a, like a cult film. But those films were, you know, D.A. Pennybaker, Robert Frank. Those are literally back then. It was just like a, a dude with a 16 camera and a mic. Maybe you had a sound guy, you know. And there's something about the way that those films kind of feel, just it being that sort of raw and intimate, but shot on black and white film that I've always really loved. And that's sort of what I tried with this. I mean, there's like all that sort of in-between stuff is literally just me with like, I mean, I wouldn't, I have pictures of it, but this ridiculous camera rig where I have a mic on the top of a 16 camera and then a like a audio recorder Velcro to the side <laughs> of the camera. 
And uh, mm -hmm. but I, I experimented with some of it because I wanted to make these little. And I'm still finishing them. These little short, little shorts. They're not even short films. They're just these little kind of like slice of life pieces on each Gilbert and Elijah. And that was my idea: was to have those come out when the video comes out on the same day. And then once I I got that footage back and I actually synced the sound up to it, even just like that, I, I'm a very like uh, when I edit sometimes I just I'm very uh, like that shot of Gilbert. The opening shot, like I, that was one of the first shots that I synced, and it just, I loved it, and I just, it was always sort of at the beginning of the timeline, and that's how it ended up being the opening shot because it's like, <laughs> it just was there, and it was one of the first ones I synced up. But when I saw that opening shot and that stuff of Gilbert with the coin, like that was some of the first, yeah. uh, the mm. coins, that was some of the first stuff I synced. I was like, right away, I was like, man, I, I just, I loved how it felt. You know, for me, it felt something very. Familiar for me because I love those old films, but it was also something very something different for me. I've never done it in a skate video. So I was like, I think this is kind of, you know, right away. I was like, I think this is actually going to be in the video. I think this stuff is like could be what kind of gives the video its own feel. I shot so I shot that stuff of Gilbert first and then I shot the stuff of Elijah way later, like a couple months ago. I shot that stuff of Elijah. And um but I, and my point is, I think like I, I wanted that stuff to feel a little bit more raw. Like I didn't want the video to feel too polished or perfect. I mean, I know, I know, compared to a lot of skate videos, maybe they do feel polished. But at the same time, like I wanted some sort of kind of more, kind of just loose, kind of rough stuff in between. Like still capturing them, but you know, maybe in a way that people haven't seen as much, you know, just because it's the black and white with sound. You know, it's unfortunate that um, just there weren't premieres for this thing, because if you actually yeah. see the real, like how it's supposed to look, not being uploaded on YouTube or Instagram, and I don't want to like trash talk, because that's the, that's, the that's the best we could do. But I mean, it's really different to see like the film grain and, and i'm not like a crazy film purist trust me but to see the video in its sort of true form it, it's a lot different than how it looks and feels on um, when it's streaming you know yeah i'm sure going back to mike's question about like what is a greg hunt uh video i always think of the film you know i feel like every, even since transworld and you said that's what got you the job at transworld like you've been a, a film guy and you know, like what what keeps you coming back to film? I feel like you know it's a lot of extra work these days. Yeah, it's a lot of extra work, and um, I don't know. You know, it's like I said, I really don't try to position myself as someone who's like film is better because I don't think it necessarily is better. It's just it is its own thing. It's something that I'm really familiar with, and for whatever reason, um, a lot of the stuff that I shoot on film just has like. I feel that it has more of a timeless timelessness to it, mm -hmm. um, you know, and there's an emotion to it. Right. So like when I'm editing, when I'm editing, it's just it's just me here by myself. So, of course, I'm trying to kind of like make something that when I'm watching has like some emotion to it and like I'm really connecting to it. And it's just over time, it's it ends up being the film stuff, you know, like um, it's it's and I think one thing I like about film, too, is unlike digital you know like hd or standard def or whatever there's so much new stuff i can try all the time you know even though it's a really old format like 
there's a lot of like VX shoot purists, you know, who love VX. And I totally respect that. I don't have that kind of that connection with a VX because I'm from an earlier generation. I believe it, a lot of it has to do with sort of when you come up and your first yeah. videos and what always kind of I struggled with with the VX was like I loved it. Actually, really, I loved the VX. I loved the fisheye. I did. Like, I, and I loved I loved it. But um, I felt like kind of limited by it, if that makes sense, you know. And I think like after making videos for a while, that's why by the time I did Minefield, I really wanted to try more with the film. That's why I was doing like a lot of those in-camera double exposures and stuff that I'd never done because I just want to like, you know, you're out there all the time. You want to like try new stuff. And I was really feeling limited by what I could do with the video. It's great to shoot the skating, but like, with film, you can always try new stuff. Like for this video, um, you know, I shot 35, black and white in color, which I've never, I bought this crazy Ooh. little camera and I've never shot, there's a little bit in DC, I had, I had, I used a little 35, but you know, to shoot 35 is really fun for me because it has a totally different look and feel. And then also, you know, this the, the stuff with the sound, that's something I've never done, like shot skating and a skate video with film and sound. So I still, I think a big part of it, it's the emotion of film for me, but I think it's also the fact that I can still try new stuff. Like with the Panasonic HPX, it's, those are awesome cameras. I mean, that's another thing about the quality on the YouTube quality is decent, but to see the colors on this video, like the colors that you can get out of a HPX Panasonic is insane. Like it's a really, those CCDs are really good, but I feel like there's only so much I can do with that camera. You know what I mean? Like I can shoot slow-mo, I guess. I can shoot 24p. But with film, man, you can do like time lapses. There's all kinds of little mistakes that happen that can look really cool. And that doesn't happen with digital. So I kind of lean to film, I think, a lot for a lot of different reasons. But I think a big part of it is because there's still a lot that I haven't done that I can try. And that kind of is what keeps me going. You know, it's fun to get the film back and to do something new you know yeah totally real quick more of an observation i think you know able being able to watch the premiere last night on like you know my tv with the apple tv i think the film work leapt out to me a lot more than mm. it might have normally if i was watching on my phone or just on the computer and then knowing that you did some 35 millimeter work like now i'm trying to key in and like which, which shot was that and I know you had a colorist too on on yeah. the project, which is super cool. I'm I'm a big fan of like the way the production people are are trending with skateboard videos because I know like the polar video had, God, they had a sound designer who did such cool stuff. So mm -hmm. I guess the idea I, is I appreciate like the technical stuff that goes into this ever more. Mm -hmm. And a lot of these people, at least on this video, everyone that worked on it on that end all skate you know mm -hmm. so the colorist this guy derek um who is an amazing colorist he's a skater you know so it's just good because there's not big budgets with these things so you have to kind of power through it pretty quickly but they understand you know he understood skating and skate videos so i think if you were to bring a skate video in to someone who's never seen a skate video and they're just like Every, you know 20 different filmers from all not in this video as much but you have all these different peep filmers with different color settings on their cameras and it's just like pretty crazy sometimes what you have to uh kind of adjust in a skate video and just how many clips there can be so having someone that's familiar with skating really helps but i, I uh, you know and it's 
it's rad too because that person is really stoked to kind of be a part of the project and i always love if i can to have help with color because it's um it's really hard you know some people are good at it but i just i lose my mind when i'm trying to do color like someone who's really good at it like derek like he can go in there and just like i watched it the other day i hadn't watched the video in maybe a week or so and that's sort of the first thing i noticed was the color and it's it's not even that the colors look like perfect it's just there's like a it's another layer of like, you know, I try to make it so the colors aren't distracting. But at the same time, if you pay attention to it, I feel like he adds a whole nother layer of sort of like another layer of emotion or something happening. It's like the experience, you know, it really helps to have that, have that in there. Yeah. And it unifies the video. I feel like when there's not a colorist involved, it really, you really notice those different cameras and those different places and like, I, I remember reading that you guys went on some trips, so I was kind of like looking out for, you know, foreign footage, and it was kind of hard to spot. I think because the colors, like everything, just kind of looked uh, unified. I guess. Yeah, I mean, we definitely. I mean, there's. I don't know if you saw the credits, but there wasn't a huge roster of people working on this, you know, and uh, we all have the same cameras, so that helps. We talked about music and budget a little bit, and you got that Roy Orbison track in there and as soon as i heard it i was like oh shit like that that's the whole budget of the video <laughs> how did how did you guys get that with with music licensing you almost always have to pay everyone the same and a lot of times actually with songs like that it's not as hard as you would think like sometimes it's actually harder getting an indie band you know or um you know, a band that has a little bit more control over their music, like someone like Roy Orbison, most likely his estate has a lawyer who probably handles a lot of music licensing. I had to send an edit, but for approval. <laughs> but uh, I think that's just because they don't want to they want to make sure there's nothing offensive in there, something that they don't want to, you know, attach that music to. Right. But yeah, it's like when, you know, we had the budget basically for three big songs, you know, so Pavement got paid the same as Roy Orbison, which is awesome. You know, but that's the way it's called most favored nations. Like with most music licensing, it's like everyone asks for most favored nations, which means we don't get paid less than anyone else. So you have to pretty much, unless you're going to use all small bands, you have to basically count on paying everybody what you would pay someone like Roy Arborson. And then it's a nightmare nowadays because they want to know where it's playing, what platforms, you know, like is it is it downloadable? Is it for purchase? What, what is it social is it on social media like is there paid advertising behind it there's like it's it used to just be like how many units are you selling right you know you pay like 10 cents a unit or whatever i remember those days like okay we're making like 20,000 vhs and 30,000 dvds we're making 50,000 and uh and a lot of people back in the day would get away with licensing for a small amount of units but they would make way more and hopefully no one would catch on now it's like I mean, you it's I think the algorithms even can like pick up if a if a project is if it's cleared or not, you know, because you don't get flagged. I don't know. I don't know exactly how that works. I could be wrong, but everything's monitored more now. So you have to be a lot more careful. Music licensing, music licensing is kind of a nightmare, to be honest. It's like the most for me, the most stressful part of uh, any project I've ever done is is the music, because you have to basically have the video or that that segment edited so you can send it off and get it approved or at least get it edited enough to where 
you know it's going to work, but then you might find out that you're not going to get it. So then you have to go and re-edit it to something else. You you end up actually editing a lot more and spending a lot more time at your desk trying to finish the video because of the music. And some people never get back to you. Some it's just there's always an it's always a nightmare. This project obviously is was easier because it's it's a lot smaller, and um, the Link Ray song we cleared a long time. We cleared a long time ago. We cleared that early, like as soon as. Elijah sent that song to me and I was like, that's it for sure. Like, I love this. You know, I love that song and it was just kind of perfect. So we had that cleared and then pavement cleared pretty quick. And then Roy Orbison was, it's kind of at the very last minute because uh, Elijah in the last like month filmed, I don't, I don't know how much time, but he filmed a lot in the last month. And it was sort of like, okay, well, you got a little bit too much for this Link Ray song, but we can make it work. We have this Danny music, maybe we, maybe we could use that. And then it became pretty clear, like, shit, I need, you know, we need a, a second song. So we had to make that happen. It had to happen pretty quickly. So that's always pretty stressful because if you don't get that, then, you know, um, what do you do? I don't know. So, and I didn't know, I mean, I've seen, I've seen a lot of comments that yeah. that song has been used and I didn't know. And um, I always actually make a point of checking. I mean, I've actually wanted to use that song in the past. Like, it's a song that I wanted to use a couple times over the past, you know, 10 years or whatever for, diff for different projects. So it's always been on my radar. And um, Elijah hit me up and he's like, he was, he had, you know, he was skating super good and he was so like tuned in on this video and he was like dude i know he'd been listening to that song a lot and he's like dude this is the song he's like dude if i could have anything i would really want this you know he's like i really really want this song and um it was one of those things where i literally had we had i had a week or so you know to make it happen probably with our oh, wow just with the turnaround just with me having to cut it put in the request then then look at it just to know that we had it just so we didn't fuck up and end up without time to license something. And, you know, I've always in the past really made an effort to not try to not use stuff that's been used. I think a couple things in Propeller might have been used, but that was like 20 songs. I mean, that video was overwhelming for me, you know. Right. <laughs> but I've always, and then in the past, there's all these websites where, I can't remember, was it, uh, was it Skate, not Skate Video Site, which was the one, which was the site where you could search the song? Yeah, Skate Video no, Site. I, I think it is Skate Video Site. So I used to always use that, always, because it would be really easy. I would just search a song. I'd be like, okay, I'm not using that, right? <laughs> you know, or I would be really into a song, like someone would bring something to me or I'd hear something and I'd go on there and I'd be like fucking stoked, like no one's used this song. I'd even call around to people I know that are hardcore skate nerds that have seen every video and be like, hey, can you just double check this as it hasn't been used? But, you know, this time around, I didn't, it was so late in the game and, um, Elijah wanted it so bad. I was like, fuck, I'm just going to go for it, you know? And maybe that wasn't, I don't know, maybe, I don't think that was a mistake because I think I love that song in that part. And um, Elijah's really stoked to have that song in that part just because he loves that song so much. I mean, in hindsight, if I would have searched and seen that it was in a couple videos, I would have probably had a conversation with Elijah about it, but I, but I just, I didn't do it. I mean, there's nowhere, I don't even think skate video sites around anymore. Is it? I feel like I probably, yeah. I'm not trying to make excuses, but I just, I just didn't do it this time around, you know? And um, maybe I should have, I don't know. I feel, I do feel, I think just as someone who makes videos, I do feel like I'm really happy that that song's in there. And I think it really fits that part well. 
and Elijah's really stoked on it. But there's definitely a part of me that's like, fuck, man, maybe I should have done a little bit more legwork to double check, you know. But it was just one of those situations where just with everything that was going down, I just went for it, you know. Well, I think was it worked. That- and I, I, it didn't make me think of anything else. Like maybe I haven't seen what, what video was it in? Previously? Well, it was, the, it was the credits of Vase, which is crazy because I've watched Vase a few times, but maybe, and I had a feeling like, I feel like this, I mean, it's such a fucking popular song, you know? And I was yeah. like, I feel like I've seen this before, but maybe I've just never like sat through all, I don't think I've sat through the credits of Vase multiple times. I don't know. <laughs> and it was in Nestor's Oververt part, and I've, I haven't seen Oververt and like no disrespect. I love Nestor, you know, but I just haven't seen the video. So you know, I think it was in, I think, I mean, people brought it up. So, I mean, it's, it's out there. It's been in a few videos, I think. I, you know, I don't know. What do you guys think? Like, what do you think of the the songs being used twice? I don't know. I, what, I do think think, what do you think about this situation? I mean, do you think like it's, I know like, you know, Jake Harris and, and Vase, that's like a really beloved video, you know? So that's like one that was really like, shit, I just didn't. You know, I didn't know, but I'm like curious, like, what do you guys think? Like when you saw it right away, were you like, shit, they reused that song or how did, how did you feel about it? No, nah, I, don't, I don't have the uh, encyclopedic memory of every escape video that uh, I used to, but uh, I think like it definitely fit the part. And if he, he was like super amped on it, then, you know, it is what it is kind of, you know? Yeah, yeah I, I think it's fine. And like, you know, you mentioned Propeller and I think... Um, Fuck, who's the Brazilian guy? Um, Pedro? Yeah, the song in Pedro's part was in this super old video called Summer Sessions, which... Oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, like, my local library had this video, so I would rent it, like, every two weeks, you know, like, rent it for a week, then take it back, and then come back the next week and rent it. So <laughs> when I heard it, I got stoked. Like, it, it was almost like a... I don't know, like, I wondered if it was, like, a callback to that video and maybe you know maybe that was just like me and probably not that many people have even seen that video no uh, it was not a callback to that video although it would be amazing if it was <laughs> uh and i think that was grasso gave me a bunch of songs and that was one of the songs that he had kind of floated in my direction and i really liked so yeah, I think I think maybe Chima's song had been used for something too. I mean, it's it, I mean, I'm not making excuses at all. I don't. I, I personally feel like if I can, like, if I would have known that that song was in other videos, I would have probably talked with Elijah about it and maybe explored other songs. You know, if I I, I try to never do that because I feel like when you see a video or you see a video part that has a certain song, you always kind of connect that video part with that piece of music, you know? So when possible, I try, I try never to do that. And then I feel like also it's like you want to make a video that when people watch it for the, cause I've, I've all, I, I've always felt like that first, the first, your first experience watching a video is the one you always remember, you know, right. like, so you want that first experience to be great. And sometimes when I'm watching an edit with people, I'm like, what do you think? They're like, oh, yeah. It's, I'm like, dude, it should never feel like, oh, yeah, it's okay. Like, it should be fucking, you should be in it, you know? Like, you should be really in that video and not thinking about anything else. And something like a song being in a video that you've seen many times before takes you out, you know? Right. So that's that's why, more than anything, I try to never do that. Because it's like you want to create an immersive experience, that first experience that hopefully is really good and people remember. And I feel like if it's a, if you use a song that's been used 
it affects that. So I try, I try to never do it, but man, it's like, it was easy, you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, that's a long time ago now, even five years ago, but there was just less videos. Yeah. Now there's just so many fucking videos. It's like really hard to keep track. And I feel like that shouldn't be an excuse because if you're making videos, then you should kind of make a point of at least watching them or trying to make sure that you kind of know what's out there before you release something just to make sure you don't really fuck up and use something that's like, you know, been in a video that you've that people have watched a million times or something, you know? So I don't know. I have, that's like my one thing is like, I feel like I was unaware of that and that was sort of my bad, you know, but it's, it's just, you know, I can't, whatever. It just is what it is. I think Elijah's part's great and it's, it's out there. So what, you know, what can I, what can I do? I can't, there's not much I can really do about it. It's already out there. So. Yeah. Wondering about something else that maybe commenters keyed in on, but I think it's, maybe homage more than anything else elijah flipping the picnic table yeah i I think uh it might even be framed up similarly to one jason dill doing so like was he thinking about that when he did that and what were your thoughts putting it into the video he was definitely not thinking of it i don't think (laughs) elijah elijah is very like he's he doesn't overthink things, you know, he's just kind of goes for shit. That's just how he is as a person and as a skater. You know, I think this video more than I've ever known him, he's actually kind of planned stuff out, but, and I think he's, I'm sure he's seen photosynthesis. I'm sure he has, but he had been to that fucking schoolyard like four times (laughs) trying this trick and he was losing his fucking mind. And what do you do when you're a skater? I mean, like I've seen other people flip tables I've seen people flip them on their side. I've seen people jump on top of them. You know, it's just what you do when you're skating a table and you're, especially when you're trying a manual trick on a table, it's like yeah. you lose your mind. And that he just, I, I just, I saw it coming. And actually that day I was, cause I was shooting on film. I only had that camera for a couple of days, you know, it's not my camera. So I rented it and uh, I had limited film with limited budget. So I was kind of like, I had it set up and I had my HVX set up and I was going back and forth thinking like, okay, if he makes it, you know, I can get it on either, but I wanted to get the make mostly on, on HD, but then I was kind of switching back and forth and I just randomly shot that one on film. And for me, I put it in because I mean, fuck it, man. Dill's my friend. I can fucking put that in there. You know, it's not, (laughs) whatever, dude, like it's. Dill is not going to get, I know Dill. Dill's like a brother. Like he's not going to get mad. If anything, he'll get stoked. And it's, I know Elijah didn't do it to try to be like Dill. That's fucking ridiculous. So for me, the reason I used it, if it were just Elijah getting mad and flipping the table and it cuts, I actually, I probably wouldn't have used it. But Elijah flipping the table and then walking away and being like, sorry about that. To me, I just think that's so funny. And uh, then him like getting onto the bench and laying down. It's such a cool moment. And, you know, a big part of this video for me, I don't know if people pick up on it or not, but it's sort of about highs and lows, you know, like, and I think a lot of it has to do with this last year. You know, I think this video would have probably been a lot different if COVID and everything that happened in 2020 didn't happen, you know? And I think like Elijah with his dog and cutting to that table that's it's about that you know yeah 
it's not about just Elijah flipping a table. It's about sort of that emotional kind of roller coaster, or call it whatever you want. But especially it's the flipping of the table and him sort of just being like, sorry about that, you know, <laughs> and lying down. It's just a really great moment. And it was just a good moment. And, and you know, I knew right away, I was like, okay, people are probably going to say like, oh, Elijah's copying Dill now, you know, like, but I don't, you know, what am I not going to put it in there? Because I know people are going to say that, you know, it was a great moment. And I think it's like one of my, actually one of my, like from Gilbert, Gilbert's part ending, his last trick, and him saying bitch at the end of his part, which I don't know if everyone picked up on, but I think it's so funny. And then cutting to Elijah with his dog and his fucking crazy dog, who pretty much says, I love you back to Elijah. Right. And then then to the table, then to Elijah's part starting. I mean, that's one of my favorite moments, like stretches of that of that video. Like just mm-hmm. as as just even just as like when I try to take myself back and just watch it, I think that's one of my favorite, just that transition from, you know. So I just love that whole transition from Gilbert's part ending into Elijah's part starting so much that it's like I'm not going to leave the table thing out because I know some people are going to probably comment on it and take it as some sort of played skate plagiarism or something. It's like <laughs> you just can't worry. You can't worry about that stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, by the way, Gilbert's uh, Gilbert's dogs are very handsome too. By the, by the way. <laughs> yeah, they are. No a lot, one's a lot comment, of positive. No one's commented on like all the dogs in this video. I thought like people were going to be saying more. I'm a like big dog lover, and um, I didn't really plan it that way. But there's like a lot of dog love in this yeah. video. You know. Yeah, a lot of good dog content. Yeah, definitely saw some positive <laughs> comments over on the uh, the slap board. Okay. Yeah, geez, we gotta we gotta worry about comments less actually, but. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I went over there. I saw it. <laughs> yeah, no, Greg, you've been like super generous with your time. Oh, yeah. So thank you. I, I have more time. My kids don't go to bed for another twenty minutes, so thirty <laughs> minutes. Yeah, you. Ah, yeah. Pacific time. I think if there was one thing that I'd been stewing on for like you know a week ever since Templeton said you'd come on was with making editing minefield because I don't think. I think other people shot a lot of Jake Johnson's footage, but was there ever a time when you were like looking at the timeline, putting these pieces together, you had the song, My Girls, like, did you, did you see Jake Johnson's part being like the seminal section of that video that people would be, and I think it's maybe guys a little younger than a lot of us podcast guys, but like that part's a big deal to people. Did you expect it to be so? Uh, I knew it would be. I mean, I had a feeling, you know, I mean, I'd been skating with Jake and we we've been talking about Jake for two years before that. Right. So yeah. he was just this sort of like green kid that like came out and stayed in L.A. and he had like a giant suitcase and some like <laughs> weird like airwalks or something that he had bought at J.C. Penney's like he was real like I mean, he was ripping. Obviously, he'd been doing all he'd been skating in New York and he wasn't like straight out of Pennsylvania, you know, but at the same time, like he, I think it was like a big transition for him, like coming all of a sudden coming on trips with like Abe and Heath and all these people, you know, and um, he was right away, like the top, always like the topic of conversation, you know, and never in a bad way. It was always like, wow, Jake is like really special, you know, like, yeah, Jake's crazy or whatever. He's just a kid, you know, but um, he was real special. And uh, I think everyone really felt 
really um, kind of excited about having him in the video. He shot some of that with me, and he shot a lot of it with Bill. You know, okay. so Bill would send footage over, and um, yeah, like once that song kind of came in the mix. Uh, you never know where things are gonna be like 10 or 15 10 years later you just don't right because you don't know like how things might resonate you don't know what that person might go on and do in the years following that video coming out you know but i think it was pretty obvious that jake's part was super special um i mean you know i'd never seen anyone skate like him and i don't claim myself as an east coaster at all i mean i'm from michigan but i do feel like i kind of connect a bit with that scene and i identified you know with jake kind of i could see what he was doing out there you know and how that was really unique and really special and how i think a lot of people in you know the east coast and midwest were really gonna like connect with what he was doing you know so i didn't i mean i had no i didn't who, who knows you never know but i mean early early on once i was editing his part it was always one of my favorites to watch you know, so I guess you just always hope other people feel the same way, and they did. Was there ever was there ever talk of moving him? Like, I mean, geez, I'm blanking on homies, homie who had the first part. Gosh, I wish Omar, Omar Salazar. Holy cow, his part was so great and integrated into the intro. Was there ever talk of taking Jake Johnson and like giving him second part or moving him back in the video for something like? It's it's kind of random just to have that that big deal part that everybody remembers kind of in the middle. Is it in the middle though? I don't think Jake's parts in the middle. It's kind of fourth part. I think I I could be wrong. I think it's like Omar's first. Then who's second? Isn't Jake second? God, is he? I think he might be. These time spans are so hard. I don't watch these. I don't watch (laughs) videos that I make a lot. So yeah. Um, but I can I can definitely watch Minefield. I like watching Minefield. But uh, I feel like it goes Omar first, and then it's not Arto. And I think it goes Omar to Jake, dude. Someone uh, check. I, I, I apologize, and I have to say you would know better than I. So. I think yeah. it's Omar to Jake. Actually, yeah, it is. Okay. I'm Good checking the skate video site right now. Is it off the live? Is that still around? Yeah, totally. Yeah. I'm sorry. If that site ever uh, goes down, like... Uh, for some reason, I thought it was gone. Like, yeah. I feel like I tried to go there, and it wasn't there at one point in time. Yeah, it's, maybe it's different. It was, like, under construction for or, like, under re- redesign for a little bit. Maybe yeah, all the skate filmers should band together and, like, sponsor it so it never goes away. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, you're wrong. Jake's I was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you, like... Uh, I'll tell you, like, for people, like, a generation younger than I am, like, 10 years younger than me or whatever, like, you and I are pretty much about the same age or whatever, that's, like, their, like, caroling questionable, you know what I mean? Yeah, I know. Or their their fucking, um, you know, Sean Sheffian life or whatever. It's one of those, like, iconic parts. Yeah. I mean, it just, uh, yeah. I mean, Jake's just got that, he's got that special touch and uh, just the way that footage looks and feels. And I think that song, it's just all really... And I think just, uh, you know, there's something to be said, too, I think, for the sort of introduction video part, right? Yeah. Like PJ, PJ Wonder, Wonderful Horrible Life or Antoine's part, right? There's those parts where, like, um, Nick Trapasso, right? Like that first uh, part where you're yeah, like, who yeah. is this dude? And it's like, 
when someone is is someone you don't you've not familiar with and they have such a unique way of skating that you've never seen i mean those parts always have such a massive impact you know like like pj's part right like most people had never heard of him when that video dropped and that part was just like it's like you're seeing a new style of skateboarding or something, if that makes sense, you know? Yeah, yeah. I feel like Jake had a part like that too, right? It was like a whole new, it's like opening a, opening a new door you've never opened, right? And seeing something you haven't seen is pretty awesome. Jason, you want to ask your EMB questions? Oh, Close yeah. It out? I do, yeah, I did have a couple EMB questions, just a couple, uh, if you like, you and me. So, like, you said you were from Michigan. And, yeah. Uh, so back in the day, how did you, uh, I guess, become accepted by those dudes? It's not, it's not really bro down. Like, how did you like become accepted? I came out to SF when I was summer. I was 16. I drove out with Sheffy and my friend. Nice. Uh, Sheffy lived in Michigan, and my friend like basically went up to him and met him at a demo and came back and told me that we were driving to California with Sheffy in a couple <laughs> weeks. And somehow my parents let me do that because I just just bought this like. <clears throat> little Toyota. So I went out to SF and I got sponsored and I met like, you know, uh, Greg Carroll and Jim Thibault and skated with all those guys. Um, Rick Ibiceta. Yeah. And didn't, re didn't really skate Embarcadero, but I kind of, you know, Greg hooked me up and sponsored me with Venture. And then I went back home for my senior year of high school and kept in touch with Greg. And uh, springtime came around the next year and Greg's like, dude, if you want to come out, you can stay at my place, you know. So I came out the next summer and stayed at his house. He wasn't even there. It was Mike and Mike Carroll and Rick Howard. It was like super awkward. <laughs> and uh, right when Plan B started, like right when it was starting, like they didn't even have graphics yet, I think. So, you know, and I wasn't smooth, you know, like I called, <laughs> I caught when I went up to meet uh, Mike, I was like, you're Greg, right? Because I was super nervous. <laughs> and uh, he doesn't remember that, which is pretty funny. But like, I was pretty early on. Like I was I was kind of before that first wave of like popularity. So, yeah, you know, it's more questionable. So I was like this kind of like I was definitely a fucking T dog for sure. But I mean I was like I kept quiet, right? And like I knew Rick Ibiseta a bit and he's the coolest fucking dude. And I think what really made it kind of easy for me was Kelch for whatever reason really had my back. Like Kelch had my back big time. So Kelch like really liked me so he really helped kind of welcome me in there and just kind of i was able to skate i was able to skate there you yeah. know and uh yeah so I, I got in pretty early i think that's what what really helped yeah yeah for sure second question uh what was it like just seeing henry sanchez skate on a daily basis or on a regular basis that's a really good question because i feel like people know how i think people know henry sanchez but i think that question I don't think people know. Like, I don't think a lot of people would ask that. They might ask, like, what was it like seeing Mike Carroll skate or Javante skate or whatever. Seeing Henry Sanchez skate was fucked up. Like, he was, <laughs> he never was trying something. He was never not trying something that you have never seen before. Damn. You know, like, he was literally creating modern skateboarding. And it didn't, you know, when, when, when those types of things are happening real time, you don't think of it that way. You know? Yeah, he's just but, like trying some crazy trick or whatever. Yeah, yeah. He's just trying some crazy trick. And back then, like so much hadn't been done, you know? But he's doing like kickflip to regular nose slide, which is like had never even thought of doing. 
you know, that's kind of where it's at. Like you weren't like, oh, what if you could do this? What if you could do that? You're literally seeing him do stuff where you're like, I've never even thought of doing that before. You know, almost sure. everything he did was, I mean, all those guys, him, him and Mike for sure were like constantly progressing skateboarding. But Henry was like a notch, not a notch of, above because everyone was like real special in their own way like Javante fuck you know like untouchable Javante is to this day my favorite skater of all time to see him skate in person I've Mm -hmm. never I've never seen anyone skate in person like Javante skates it could be just a flat ground tray flip never have I seen anyone close to skate to to being as just smooth and sick and powerful as Javante but going back to Henry Henry had this sort of like progressive aggressive you know like thing about him where he was just so fucking driven to like do all these tricks and it's like you would you could just sit and watch you wouldn't want to have him like see you sit and watch him skate because he'd get pissed but yeah like he was by far like at that time like 91 92 like early emb i mean that's all when he's like filming pack of lies that time yeah. that period of time there's nothing, there's nobody, no one on the face of the earth pushing skateboarding like Henry Sanchez. No way. Damn. All right. Well, thanks. Yeah. Jason, you must be extremely stoked on uh, those last two uh, answers. <laughs> um, bro, I'm stoked. Yeah, Henry uh, Sanchez is like my favorite skater, favorite street skater of all time. So, doubly stoked. Well, that brings <laughs> us to the end of our show where we talk about what we're stoked on. Mike, what are you stoked on this week? I am stoked on actually switching it up right now. A New York Review of Books article on the origins of life on Earth, and uh, yeah, being being the nature of what that is, it's a book review. So I haven't read the book, but it brings in a lot of like really good questions about basically the origins of life, which are super interesting. Brings in the idea that Clay might have had something to do with it. And I think it's always interesting that um, our bodies harbor a lot of cells that aren't our bodies. And like cells actually have a lot of parts in them, like our mitochondria that used to be single, single celled organisms. I'm trying to do like air quotes. It's kind of a clusterfuck to explain because. Uh, obviously, I'm not a biologist, but it's a super interesting article, and I should also point out that I love the New York Review of Books because it's this great broadsheet newspaper thing, so I would recommend an A subscription if you are so inclined, and that's my super random stoked on. Uh, Jason, what are you stoked on? Is that affiliated with the New York Times at all or no? The New York Review of Books came about during like a 1967 newspaper strike when the New York Times Review of Books, and I might be wrong on that date, but I'm right on the circumstances. Um, it came about because the newspapers weren't printing, so they did their alternative. I see. Different publication. Did not know that. All right. Good shit. Yeah. Well, anyway, um, Greg mentioned uh, Venture before. Um, still stoked on Venture trucks straight out of San Francisco, California. Make great stocking stuffers again. They got mugs and all types of knickknacks and accessories. 
stoked on the new skate mafia vid like listen these guys are they're the most reliable brand in the industry like every year maybe twice a year they'll come out with like a grip of footage same spots still skating the same fucking schoolyards like i think this time they found a new ledge spot but like just like in the world videos where like everyone skates it everyone does a line or a couple lines in it like uh tyler surrey's probably like one of those underrated dudes in the past 10 years um no javier sarmiento the which was a bummer but he's probably still ripping somewhere and uh yeah the music supervision was wild like crazy like 90s hip-hop deep cuts like the song that wes kramer skated to i think that was the only song that band that group ever made like it would always get played like at the beginning of mix shows when they play like the kind of like not so great newer songs that they you know that they got promo copies or whatever so yeah, Skate Mafia video is wild. Also, um, I'm a little late on this, but uh, the Naquan Rollins video, Bus, was on Thrasher about a week ago. It's like a local bit out of New York. I was pretty psyched on it because I was like, damn, New York still has spots, you know? And uh, kids are still ripping. So I was definitely psyched on that. Uh, Templeton, where are you psyched on this week? Uh, I am stoked on a little video that came out today, a video part from uh, a guy that I've called my favorite Frenchman, uh, Hugo Millard has a new video part for Magenta. It accompanies his uh, like new piano album. It's not like his best video part, but it was like a good reminder of him and how he's like such a rad skater. Um, I'll link to like that video part and some of his other awesomer video parts in the show notes. Um, Greg, what are you stoked on this week? Let's see. To be honest, I'm really stoked on this photo print that I bought. It was this, um, I don't know who put it on, but it was this fundraiser called States of Change to, uh, it, was a, it was a few weeks ago to raise money to fight voter suppression in Pennsylvania, in Pennsylvania mm. during the election. Yeah, yeah. And they made like over a million dollars. They had all these like magnum photographers and people selling prints. Um, so I bought a print. It's like this really iconic Robert Frank print of an open road. Mm-hmm. I don't actually even know what the name of it is, but I'm just stoked on it just because I feel like that whole thing, um, that fundraiser was super successful and I think it was pretty righteous, I think, what they were doing. And um, it's not obviously like a darkroom print from Robert Frank, but it's like, you know, it's a it's a Robert Frank print. It's an authorized Robert Frank print of one of my favorite pictures. So it was just, I got that and um, this week and I was really stoked to... Uh, I was stoked to get it, and I was stoked that I like, you know, I was just stoked on the whole, the cause and everything. I was like, okay. I was just, I was just really, I was just really stoked to get that. That's like one of my favorite things this week. And another thing, and I, you gotta guys promise me, I'm not plugging my own shit at all. <laughs> but one thing I was real this week that I'm probably most stoked on this week is uh, this book I did with Dill, which came out a couple of years ago. I have a Japanese edition. It's about to come out. Uh, through this publisher, Super Labo. So it's like same book, a little different, different cover. But, you know, because of COVID, I obviously didn't go out there to see it being printed or anything. And um, Super Labo makes like some of the most beautiful photo books in the world. Like the fact that I'm making a book with them really trips me out. So I got, I just the other day got like five of five advanced copies of the book in the mail. And Pretty stoked. <laughs> Pretty stoked to see them in person. I'm not <laughs> trying. I mean, I'm just trying to be honest. Like, what am I stoked on this week? Hey. Like, that's probably one of the things I'm publishing the most, a book. Like, I'm the most stoked on, or just to yeah. just to see it. Like, because the quality of it is uh, 
was super nice. And I'm actually really stoked to, I'll just do a triple. I mean, I'm just, I'm really stoked uh, to put this video out, to be honest. Hell yeah. It's like, Hell yeah. it was a, a long process and um, it's just always feels good to put a video out into the world, to work on it for so long and then to see other people working on it, to see other people watching it and to, um, you know, to get positive feedback on it and to see Elijah and Gilbert super stoked. Um, that means the most, you know, like I really do make it for those guys. So to know that they're both genuinely really stoked on the final product and stoked that they put that much time into it and it was worth it. Like that's, I would say that's what I'm the most stoked on is <laughs> just the video coming out and it being uh, a success and those guys being really happy with it. That's what Sick. I'm stoked on. Sick. It must be like a, a huge relief. Do you feel like a it's, relief when, when the video is done? I do. I feel a relief when the video is done. You know, this time around, it was weird because I'm home alone the next day. You right. know, like, I mean, I'm with my kids. I'm, I'm never alone. So, but I'm like, I'm not having breakfast with a bunch of people after the premiere talking about it or, you know, going to, an, to going to a little premiere somewhere else or something like that. I'm sort of just on my phone, which is weird, you know, like, because it's just different like the reading comments and stuff it's a lot different than person to person like talking about um something you know so uh it's a relief it's just it's weird this time it's weird it's a different experience but for sure it just feels it always feels kind of surreal and uh really good just to get something out into the world for sure do you have anything else in the works that you can tell us about at this point or (laughs) i know that's a harsh question like premiere yesterday what's up today no i mean i still you know i work with vans um so there's a couple of projects that we have planned um you know see where they're see well where they will go and there's a couple other projects that i've been kind of wanting to do like a book project and a film project but there it's too early on to really even go into it but i mean i've been pretty consumed by this video for the last few months so i'm really just uh hype to hang out with my kids and you know just have especially the fact that it's like a holiday week is rad because they're home all day uh yeah start thinking about start thinking about the next thing in like two or three days (laughs) (laughs) sounds good all right well that's it for our show this week be sure to check out mostlyskateboarding.net for links to things that we talked about and other show notes um until next time you can keep up with us all week online, Jason, where can the people find you? On the Twitter at Carbonite1994. On the Instagram at Frozen Carbonite and writing stuff for cornersnacks.com. Uh, Mike, where can the people find you? I am on both Twitter and Instagram at M Munzenrider and Templeton, where can people find you? I am on Twitter at Mostly Skate and on Instagram at Mostly Skateboarding. Uh, Greg, where can the people find you on the internet? Uh, pretty much just on Instagram, huntfilmwork at instagram.com. <laughs> <laughs> no, right. uh, and then just, yeah, I'm, I'm out there somewhere. Yeah, and on the Vans YouTube channel with All Right OK, the new yeah. Vans video. Thanks, Greg. Thank you, yeah, guys. Thank so you. Yeah, man, thanks so much. Cool. Thank yeah. you for taking the time. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. I, like, I listen to your uh, podcast a lot, so it's cool to be on.
today Everything is out of place You said we had to go Because you saw the rich and old 